Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to episode 261 of the UK True Crime Podcast. I'm Adam. Today I cover what is, I guess, a very modern day case. When due to modern technology, and although the people involved were almost 300 miles apart, that was no barrier to causing death and devastation. The recording of this episode has been watched live by some of my supporters at Patreon. We do this every month, and I would like, as always, to thank all my supporters on Patreon, especially the newest members of this club. That is Jessica Parsons and Lorna Bostock. Thank you so much for your support, which is greatly appreciated. No adverts today, so let's get straight on and set some context for our guest of the month from year game. Top of the UK, US and Australian singles charts for the week was Drake with God's Plan. Top of the UK album charts was the soundtrack to The Greatest Showman. I barely watch any films, but was dragged to that one. And despite my best efforts not to, I loved it. Did you? In the news this month, Greek football Super League was suspended after PAOK, Salonika's president, Ivan Savadidis, invaded the pitch for a gun after the goal was disallowed. As you do. Woefully mismanaged toy chain Toys R Us announced that it would close all its stores after filing for bankruptcy. And in UK true crime news, TV presenter Ant McPartlin was charged with drink driving following an accident in London. And former Russian spy Sergei Skripal and his daughter Yulia were poisoned by nerve agent in Salisbury. Remember the suspects saying they were admiring the cathedral? Spies and hit squads, they ain't what they used to be, are they? Did you get the month and year? It was March 2018. Today's story begins in Tintagel, on Cornwall's beautiful, rugged north coast. It's a place that's steeped in legend and history, with lots of stories linking this stunning place to the legend of King Arthur. If you haven't been there before, it's a wonderful place. It's really special to me, as we almost bought a house there a few years ago, before we moved to Bude. How much truth is in the myth is unclear, but Tintagel is certainly one of the most popular places for tourists, to visit in the whole of Cornwall, especially the castle, perched in a dramatic position on the cliff top, only accessed by a bridge. To get to the castle, you must park in the small village of Tintagel. Almost every shop, pub and restaurant there has some reference to King Arthur, including the King Arthur's Arms Inn on the main street. It's a popular place with those looking for food, drink or a place to stay the night. And when we joined the story, the pub was managed by 45-year-old Jerome Dagner. Jerome ran a good business, and the place was usually packed, especially in the hectic summer months. But then on the 2nd of November 2018, a large number of police cars turned up at the pub, and Jerome was being seen taken away. The local rumour mill went into overdrive 
after all, the old line. This doesn't happen around here. And there was no obvious crime that had been reported locally. What had he done that had caused so many police cars to turn up at the pub? Even reporters from the national papers were reporting the arrest, suggesting they'd been tipped off that a major story could potentially be breaking. It sounded serious. Just what was it that Jerome Danga had been accused of doing? In southwest Cornwall, the last stop before Land's End is Penzance, another Cornish town with many myths and stories surrounding it, this time mainly around the pirates. Hope Barden grew up in Penzance. She came from a close loving family, and she'd one of those special bonds you sometimes see with sisters, with her sister Lily. They liked all the same stuff, clothes, music, and they even had the same friends, although Lily was a little older. After finishing school, Hope wanted to work with those people suffering with their mental health, and she initially took a course at nearby Penwith College, before studying child and adolescent mental health at the University of Worcester. In these pre-Covid days, Hope was able to really enjoy herself as a student, developing the social skills and interests with a wide circle of people that is, I would suggest, as vital to the student experience as working hard academically. When we joined the story, she was living in Burton-on-Trent, having just got back from working in Norway. The future looked really positive for 21-year-old Hope, but her dreams of following her chosen career were cut short when she took her own life on the 15th of March 2018. The post-mortem showed she died from asphyxiation. Her sister, Lily, was of course devastated by the news. She later told the Mirror newspaper what she remembered of that day, saying, Hope tried to call my mum at about 6pm, but she missed that call. Mum had poor reception where she was. I messaged her at 9pm. It was just chit-chat about a friend's Facebook post, but it didn't deliver. Her phone had died. I'm guessing she died and then her phone died. Her flatmate couldn't get into the house that night. He had to climb in a window. He tried to resuscitate her, but it was too late. It must have been awful for him finding her. They were very close. Police came to my nan's the next morning looking for mum. She came banging on my door at 6am. I ignored it at first, but when I opened the door and saw her face, I knew it was serious. She said that Hope's body had been found and they thought it was suicide. It didn't register with me. I was in complete disbelief. I made a cup of tea and sat on the couch and smoked a cigarette. It was just so odd. Mum went to identify Hope's body and I went to work. I was in a daze, but I tried to push it to the back of my mind and focus on my job. It wasn't until I sat down later that night on my own that I started to take it all in. I'd spoken to Hope before she died. We spoke every day. She'd been really happy, and I knew it couldn't be suicide. It was then that Lily told her mum some more information about how Hope was making extra money as well as her caring job, as she'd a feeling that this could in some way help the police discover exactly what had really happened to her sister. Like all students not from wealthy backgrounds, Hope had to take on a lot of debt while studying. For Hope, it was around £30,000. To try and make a dent in this, she took a job caring for people who suffered with disabilities. But as we all know, people who carry out this vital work 
are woefully underpaid for the work that they do, so Hope started looking for other ways to make inroads into her student debts. It was from here that she found her way into the world of webcamming. When Hope had told Lily that she was getting into this business to make some extra money, her sister Lily wasn't unduly worried. After all, she had friends who were doing it too, and it seemed a safe form of sex work to make extra cash, where Hope, as the performer, always remained in control. When Lily told her mum about this part of her sister's work, her mum was shocked, as it was something she knew nothing about, but also understanding. And Lily went to the police with her feelings and concerns, telling about Hope's escort profile on a well-known adult site, and her PayPal details, asking detectives to check who were her major customers and who was the last person to pay Hope for her work. Detectives carried out the checks which led them back to Cornwall, to Tintagel and to Jerome Danger. They seized his phone and were shot by what they found. There were 47 images and videos which included the deliberate torture of people who were clearly alive at the beginning and seemed to be dead at the end. Even more disturbingly, a pathologist who reviewed the videos concluded that this wasn't all just for the cameras, and that at least three of the people tortured in the videos were actually killed during the making of the film. What was clear was that the images discovered in Danga's possession showed a preoccupation with strangulation, stabbing, torture, asphyxiation and death and the searches he had made online were not a one-off. They were frequent and usually involved teenage women. Internet searches showed searches for terms such as snuff, and snuff wants to be stabbed. There were images containing asphyxiation and hanging, in which there was a real risk to the human subjects. When detectives interviewed Danga about why he had these images, he said, I don't know really, excitement. It's not all about sexual gratification. A lot of it is about intrigue. And his mobile phone showed that the last person to see Hope alive was Danga. He was a regular user of a perfectly legal adult internet site and detectives could see that he'd paid Hope almost £2,500 to perform sexual acts over the last three months. But as detectives could see from the other images on his phone, Vanilla sexual acts weren't his thing, and what he'd asked Hope to do for him on webcam had escalated over time to a series of ever more degrading and dangerous acts. This culminated in the day that Hope died after performing an act of asphyxiation for Danga's pleasure. But when it was obvious that it had gone too far and that Hope was in serious trouble and was dying, Danga did nothing. He called nobody to help Hope no emergency services, and alerted nobody else on the site that they were using. He just watched Hope die, and then carried on with his normal life. Lily wasn't surprised that Danga was the last man Hope had seen, and was, in her eyes, responsible for the death of her sister. In her interview with the Mirror, she told of her experiences of Danga, saying, I knew he was a weirdo from the start. I first heard about him in October. We were sitting in our nan's house and he was online. 
He was asking Hope to blow cigarette smoke into the camera at him. He paid her £50 just for that. I couldn't see his face, but he had cable ties around his private parts. We used to call him Cable Tie Guy. He'd pay Hope to tell him to pull the cables tighter. Another time he asked her to eat her own faeces. She got some Nutella, put it in her hand and ate that instead. He was just a weirdo we were laughing at until he asked her to strangle herself. She told me that he was asking her to drown herself and to hang herself. We were always asking ourselves, what was wrong with this guy? She was very headstrong and she felt like she was safe, like she was in control. I still don't know why she did it that day. Maybe he offered her a much bigger payment. Money was probably the biggest influence. I think she may have been trying to prank him again and it went wrong. One thing I know is that she definitely did not mean to kill herself. On this podcast recently, there have been a number of deaths that were treated as non-suspicious until the intervention of a family member, which led to further investigation. And here without Lily's involvement, Hope's death would have been recorded as a tragic suicide. A spokesman for Staffordshire Police said, We initially treated Hope's death as non-suspicious, as there was no evidence at the scene of any crime being committed. But after speaking to her family and friends and through further inquiries, it very quickly became apparent that there was no evidence that Hope took her own life and the police investigation began. Following inquiries by detectives around Hope's online and phone activity, Jerome Danger's involvement became clear and her death was treated as suspicious. In January 2019, Danger appeared at Truro Crown Court in Cornwall He'd previously admitted nine charges of possessing extreme pornography, of acts that portrayed threatening a person's life and endangering genitals. The court heard from his defence barrister and, I quote, It would have been easy for him to hide behind a no-comment interview and when he appeared in the magistrate's court, he pleaded guilty even though there was scant information at the time. Custody has been proving very difficult and it's been a shock for a man who prior to his arrest has been very hard working. He is a man who went to college, is qualified in engineering, and has worked hard as a personal licence holder. He's not only lost his liberty, but his reputation in Tintagel is crushed. The proceedings have had an untold effect on his family's business, and his personal licence has been taken away. Danger was sentenced to 15 months for each offence to run concurrently and made subject to a sexual risk order. The judge told Danger, you clearly have a fascination with these sorts of images and these offences are, in my view, the worst of their kind. At the inquest into Hope's death held in 2019, the coroner returned a conclusion of unlawful killing. He said that Hope had been found dead after filming herself for the purposes of sexual gratification for him. He added, The extent of his encouragement to her to carry out this act and failure to report appropriately when she lost consciousness makes it clear that the male was so subjectively reckless as to amount to manslaughter. And following the inquest, 
Hope's mum issued a statement urging parents to be aware of the dangers of the online adult film industry. She said that Hope had been earning extra money working in the online adult film industry. Unregulated, this industry serves no one except those who wish to perpetrate violence against women. Hope became the subject of interest for a regular user of the site who paid her to perform sexual acts via the internet, which over three months of contact escalated into degrading and dangerous situations. Anyone with daughters or other relatives involved in this terrible industry must be aware of the risk of harm. The duty of care exists in any relationship. If someone is obviously in danger, one has a legal obligation to take steps to help. In this tragic case, Hope was left to die and Hope's family and friends have been devastated. Hope's family felt that as Danger had been responsible for her death, he should face criminal charges. And although nobody's ever been charged with manslaughter in a similar situation before, Staffordshire detectives were planning to do just that. After consulting with the Crown Prosecution Service, detectives submitted a file to consider potentially charging him. Detectives arranged to interview Danger about this charge in April 2019. However, just the very day before the interview was due to take place, Danger was found dead in his cell at Her Majesty's Prison Dartmoor on the 15th of April 2019. He'd been hoarding prescription medication before he was found dead in his cell. He was found unresponsive on his cell bed by a fellow prisoner. He sought the help of an officer after he couldn't wake him. The cause of his death was proparanol toxicity. This is a medication used to treat heart problems, to help with anxiety and to prevent migraines. Dango had previously written letters talking about suicide, but told his parents that he didn't have the bottle to hang himself. After his death, a letter found in his cell written by Danga said he felt ashamed and questioned if he was Tintagel's most hated resident. He wrote that he was totally innocent of manslaughter, but was going out of his mind in jail. The lead inspector from Staffordshire CID said, The death of Danga ultimately prevented prosecutors from charging him in connection with Hope's death as a result of sexually related play. And Hope's family felt that justice for Hope was taken from them by Danga taking his own life before he could face charges. Lily said in the interview of The Mirror, At the end, it was just him and her. He watched her die. He had a duty of care to report it, but he didn't. He took my sister, and then he denied us justice by killing himself. He should have manned up, but he took the coward's way out. So let's get back to what today's story is really all about. The death of 21-year-old Hope Barden, an intelligent, strong woman, working hard in two jobs, care work and webcamming, to pay off her debts and afford the nice things we all like in our lives. She was placed in her coffin way too soon, wearing her favourite outfit, which was new trainers, leggings, a top and a Tommy Hilfiger cap. Her grandma, mum and sister attached safety pins to the material on the coffin so that the large number of mourners at her funeral could bring their favourite pictures of hope and attach it to her coffin. 
So what do you make of what we've heard today? I think you'll agree it's a particularly distressing case. What do you make of Jerome Danger? Sure, his sexual preference was something that most people listening to this podcast would not find to their taste. But if we assume for one moment that the images he was caught with did not contain anyone actually being killed, he wasn't doing anything illegal. Although there are, of course, all sorts of potential issues and problems here around sex workers in the films of his choosing, not having the freedom of choice. This is a discussion for another podcast. But in this instance, his terrible error was not thinking about anything but himself when he saw hope in such distress. Again, this isn't the podcast to talk about the much bigger subject of the effects of readily available porn, particularly on men, and how it desensitises them and gives them a false image of real sex with real people. But for Danga here, did he stop seeing hope as a human being, and instead as just an object who he paid for? I guess we'll never know. But in those few minutes, his life effectively ended as well as hopes. Some listening to this podcast may have a small amount of sympathy for him, but I imagine that most won't. Once again, however, I can't help but feel for his family and friends in the small community of Tintagel, who will never escape the actions of Jerome Danga. It isn't fair, is it? But it's how it is. But of course our real sympathy lies with Hope, her family and her friends. I hate seeing how anyone searching the internet for details about her will find Danga covered in the same piece. This always seems wrong to me, that Hope should forever be associated with him. And after all, she was another intelligent, strong young woman with everything to live for who lost her life at just 21 in such an unnecessary way. Another life of such promise cut short, and our hearts go out to those who knew her and who loved her. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the UK True Crime Podcast. To discuss this story or any other aspect of UK True Crime, please head on over to the Facebook group where almost 75,000 of us discuss UK True Crime 24 hours a day. What is the not to like? Come and join us. And to support the show and keep the 37th most popular UK true crime podcaster producing a weekly podcast, please do join me at Patreon. There you can find bonus episodes and loads of exclusive content. It's about as much fun as you can have outside Ellen Road. Just pop over to patreon.com slash a UK true crime. Okay, that's all for me for another week. Thanks again for joining me. And until we speak again, please do take it easy. And most of all, despite all the others, trust me, I know, please stay classy. Cheerio for now. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.